Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Jesus places you or I in a place where he either wants to speak to us or he wants to use us for his glory. These are not called coincidences, by the way, folks. These are called God incidences in our life that God will direct and God will put you on a path that you think, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what's going on here, but God is going to cause your life to intersect with someone else's life. And he's either gonna use that person to bless you or he desires to use you to bless them. In today's study, Pastor David will speak of God incidences when he places us in the right place at the right time in divine encounters. We will learn the story of Zacchaeus, who used to steal money from the people, until one day he climbed up a tree, curious to see who Jesus was. Jesus saw him, called him down, and said that he would go eat with him at his house. Zacchaeus's trajectory was suddenly changed. The world runs in a tight schedule, but God wants to interrupt our agenda and fulfill the plans He has for us. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, Close Encounters of the Divine Kind. Verse 42, then Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and following him, Bartimaeus following Jesus, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it, they gave praise to God. Let me ask you this morning, let me put you really on the spot this morning. How much faith do you have in who Jesus Christ really and truly is. How much faith do you have in who he says he is and what he says he's able to do in your life and in the life of your loved ones? James tells us that a lot of times when we pray, we don't get what we pray for because either we don't ask specifically or We ask and we don't receive. Or we ask and we ask amiss that we might spend it upon our own pleasures. How much faith do you have? Do you have enough faith to ask? If Barnabas was lacking in faith, all he would have had to have done is like every other time in his life, ask Jesus for some financial assistance. But he had enough faith there in that point in time. Say, Lord, restore my sight. When... Bartimaeus asked, he asked, and he asked in faith, and he asked, why? Because he believed. He really and truly believed in what he knew the son of David was capable of. He put the essence of his faith right out on the line by asking Jesus for his sight, nothing less. 
I want my sight restored, Lord. And Jesus honored this man's faith, and he restored his sight, but only after he asked. And after Jesus did this supernatural work in his life, Bartimaeus, he left everything else behind. It says that he then began to follow Jesus in such a way that the world around him noticed. Luke tells us immediately upon receiving his sight, he followed Jesus, glorifying God, and all the people, when they saw that, when they saw in Bartimaeus' life that his life had changed, all the people around him, began to give praise to God. Guys, I believe that the people not only saw the physical change in this man's life, but I believe that they also saw the fulfillment of this man's faith by God. This guy stepped out in faith, and God answered. And the boldness of your faith, when you believe God for who God truly is, when you believe that when Christ said, listen, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you, when the hope and the promise that we know and that we have faith in, when you and I step out in faith and God answers those prayers, do you realize what a testimony that is for the rest of the world, for those that are of our family, those of our loved ones, those that know us? Man, this guy is living and walking by faith. This woman, man, I cannot believe the faith that she has. And yet Christ is honoring that faith in her life. Yes, I believe that we need to be the kind of people that walk in faith in order that the world around us might see not only that we are followers of Christ, but we are believers in Christ. We have the faith to believe that what his word declares is true. How about in your life? Do you live your life and are you walking in the fullness of faith? Is your life being lived fully and completely for the glory of Christ? Do the people that you know recognize that you have faith and that you are a follower of Jesus? Or do they just look at you and say, well, they're a nice guy. She's a nice lady. Do they know the reason for your niceness? Do they know that really and truly Christ is utmost in your life? Is he a part of your conversation? Is he a part of your encouragement to others to be able to say, well, you know, my friend, years ago I trusted Christ as my Savior. It hadn't been a rose garden all the time. But I do tell you this. He gives a foundation in my life. There is a solidness about my trust and my faith in him. And I've seen him work over and over and over you see, you don't have to be an in-your-face, turn-or-burn witness. You need to be the kind of witness that Christ just flows out of you. That he flows out of you and the importance of your relationship with him is seen by the people around you. Beloved, you need to understand that when Jesus touches a life, the life is changed and nothing remains the same. When he touches your life, your life will change, and nothing remains the same. We see this so clearly, actually, in this next encounter also, this next close encounter. We're going to see it here in Luke chapter 19 as we move into chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. I like how Luke puts that out there, and he was rich. 
and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. We used to sing in Sunday school, for those of you who are of uh, mature age, perhaps you remember this. You remember the song, oh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee Hey, some of you went to Sunday school. All right, all right. Uh, the Saturday night crowd, they don't go to Sunday school, apparently. Uh, none of them knew that song. We little man was, he climbed up in the sycamore tree. That's, this is the guy. This is the guy we're talking about right here. And though it might be true that Zacchaeus was a man of little stature, after that close encounter of a divine kind in Zacchaeus' life, Guess what? He became literally a spiritual giant. His life changed. He was not the same guy anymore. His name, Zacchaeus, actually means righteous one. Righteous one. And I can just imagine if you knew Zacchaeus before that close encounter, you'd say, boy, you, you definitely are not living up to your name. As a matter of fact, he was a hated tax collector. He not only worked for the Gentile Romans, but he was actually using his position to fatten his own wallet. And as Luke tells us here, oh, he was rich. And the way that it worked out for the tax collectors, you work for Rome, and Rome said whatever your taxes are, that's what you had to pay. And if your taxes are $15 this week, and I'm the tax collector, I'm going to go up to you and say, hey, your taxes are $20. And you either pay me or these two Roman soldiers that accompany me, they're going to make sure that you're going to pay me. And so I take 20 from you. I pocket five, give 15 to Rome. Rome is happy. They don't care. I could bilk my own people out of everything. Your, your taxes are $30. I come up to you and say, no, your taxes are 40 You say, no, they're not. Hey, guys. And so you pay the 40 I put 10 in my pocket and give 30 to Rome. Rome and my protectors, they're happy. And so, see, that was a lifestyle of these tax collectors. That's why they were so hated. They were Jews working for Gentiles, and they were bilking the people out of extra money. Not just a little bit here and there, but as you see here, Zacchaeus was a rich man, a rich man. Now, again, he might have been hated by the people in his community. He might have been rich in the world's eyes. But the thing you and I need to understand even though he was hated by the people, he was loved by God. And even though he was rich by the world's standards, at this point in time in his life, he was spiritually bankrupt. He may have had everything the world had to offer, but he was so, so far away from real and true lasting riches. Because of this, God had preordained, predetermined, not a coincidence, but as a God incidence, he was going to have a close encounter of the divine kind as Jesus looked up and he saw him. Look at verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they, the crowds around, when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He is gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. 
the second of our close encounters of a divine kind, Zacchaeus thought he had a clever idea. I'll just jump up in that sycamore tree and I'll see who this Jesus is. But you need to realize that God had the plan long before Zacchaeus had the plan. God had planned and purposed to, to have that sycamore tree growing right there. And it's been there for years in preparation for that one day when Zacchaeus was a man of small stature, would be able to climb up and see Jesus, who just happened to be passing that one day along there. God had a plan and a purpose that Zacchaeus was going to have that close encounter of a divine kind right there on that day. And don't you love it when Jesus places you or I in a place where he either wants to speak to us or he wants to use us for his glory. These are not called coincidences, by the way, folks. These are called God incidences in our life that God will direct and God will put you on a path that you think, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what's going on here. But God is going to cause your life to intersect with someone else's life. And he's either going to use that person to bless you or he desires to use you to bless them. I don't know how many of you have seen or recognized those incidences in your life. But I truly believe that if you are a child of God, those things happen all the time. But I think too many times we're like the disciples and we're kind of clueless. God has put us in a place. He wants to use us. He wants to speak through us or he wants to speak to us. And we're not quite ready for that. But it is so exciting when those things happen. Do you think that Bartimaeus just happened to be where he was on that day, just happened to hear that? Well, yeah, every day he's been out there. But on that one day when Jesus came by, he heard, he listened, he asked. And then he realized, no, that's not just Jesus of Nazareth. That's Jesus, the Son of God. And what about Zacchaeus here? Do you realize that God placed within the heart of Zacchaeus this desire, this curiosity, just to see who Jesus was? And beloved, I want you to know that there's a multitude, perhaps, of your family. There's a multitude of your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers. They just want to know who Jesus is. They've heard all the hoopla about it. Perhaps they've seen bizarreties and weirdness about it, but they want to know who the real Jesus is. My question is, is can they see him in you and I when they look? Because of their curiosity, they're looking at us, and they want to say, I want to see who Jesus really is, and I'm watching your life to determine that and to see who he really is. Zacchaeus. He couldn't see over the crowd. He broke with dignity. He had that audacity, this rich man, this tax collector, to go running through the crowds. And Jewish adult men didn't run that much during those days. Oh, children would, but not the men. That was just too below their dignity. But Zacchaeus wanted to see. The curiosity was so strong. He ran through the crowd, and then he did this really bizarre thing. He climbs up in a tree just to see Jesus as he passes by. Again, but more than that, I believe that it was planned at that precise point and at that precise time for Jesus to look up in that tree. To look up in that tree and says, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come on down. Today, I've got to stay at your house. I think it's absolutely hilarious sometimes how we can try to structure our lives and structure our schedules. Only to have the Lord come by and say, hey, you know what? 
make haste and come on down off that schedule. Come on down off of your plans because today I want to use you in a totally different way than you planned. This last week, because so many things are going on over these next couple of months, I'm trying to put down stuff and dates so that I don't miss stuff. And Life can get just crazy, and it's hectic at times. And probably many of you have experienced that. One of the things I know, some of you guys that are retired, you're busier now than you were when you were really working for a living. I understand that because now you've got a multiple of things that you're doing. But for you, for me, for all of us, I would hope that in the midst of our plans, in the midst of our schedules, in the midst of our laying out hour by hour, that we would be sensitive enough that when the Lord calls us, that we'd be able to stop and listen that would make haste to stop and listen to what the Lord wanted to speak into our lives. Perhaps for you, for me, it might be a day that the Lord says, hey, make haste, come on down. Today I need to reveal myself to you in a powerful, in a very intimate way, perhaps in a way that you haven't had that relationship for a long time. When the Lord made this offer to Zacchaeus, this rich little tax collector didn't hesitate. He didn't offer up uh, any excuses. He made haste. He came down. He received Jesus joyfully. How tight do you run your schedule? How tight do you put things together? Is there a, a way of being able to relax and, and have time with the Lord? Let me ask you this. Are you sometimes overwhelmed by life only to be underwhelmed by glory? Because life is so busy, you don't have time to bask in the glory of the Lord. I'll confess to that point. Get going so many directions, and yet realizing, man, have I really spent any time just quiet before the Lord? The world won't like it because the world moves at a hectic schedule. The world moves at a rush. They always have a schedule that they have to keep. The people of Zacchaeus' day didn't like it because they figured Zacchaeus was nothing but a low-down, sinful tax collector. Why would Jesus be spending time with him? They saw that Jesus was going to go and spend time with Zacchaeus, and they all complained, saying, he's gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. But aren't you glad that Jesus has time for sinners? I mean, really and truly. Time for sinners like Zacchaeus. Time for sinners like you, like me, that he takes time. And aren't you glad that our God is long-suffering? Because some of us didn't come to Jesus the first time we heard the gospel, did we? Or the second, or the third, or the twelfth, or the fiftieth, or the hundredth time. But the long-suffering, the patience of God, working to move into our lives. No, the world wasn't pleased that Jesus spent time with Zacchaeus. But the time that Jesus spent with Zacchaeus changed Zacchaeus' life. It changed his heart, and it changed the focus of his life. To be in the presence of Jesus will change your priorities. Warning, warning. It will change your priorities. Look at verse 8. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I gave half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, 
I now restore fourfold. Instead of greed and focus, which was the real focus of, of who Zacchaeus was, suddenly because he had been with Jesus, his life starts changing. It, it starts turning. Literally, he starts living up to his name, the righteous one. And again, he seeks to make right all the immensity of the wrongs that again had been a part of his life for so long. That wasn't a work to gain salvation. That was the evidence that salvation had already taken place in his life. Jesus told him in verse 9, he says, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. Not only had salvation come to the home of Zacchaeus, but the fullness of the purpose of Christ was demonstrated, the reality and truth that the Son of Man had come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's exactly what was happening in Zacchaeus' life. Beloved, if we don't get that, that even for a hated, despised man like Zacchaeus, that the Lord comes to save him, and when we look out in the world and we start putting walls and barriers on who the Lord might save and who the Lord would save, you know what? We become just as bad as the Pharisees of that day, just as bad as the self-righteous ones of the days of Jesus. If we get to that point, we lose our compassion for the lost. We lose our passion for evangelism, and we lose the very heart and purpose of God in our lives. We become no better than those self-righteous ones of Jesus' day. Let me wrap this up real quick. There's so much to say here, so much to look at. But at one point, we think of a man like Bartimaeus, pretty well useless guy. But do you feel in your own life that maybe there's an unworthiness, an unworthiness of the Lord's time, the Lord's work in your life? I want you to know that God has a better plan than that because God does want to have that close encounter with you. Maybe you feel that you're too far gone. You're like the Zacchaeus is, man, you're, you're hated, you're despised, you're filled with greed, and you think the Lord would never really change my life. But God has a better plan than that. God has a desire to have a close encounter of the divine kind in each one of our lives. And if you're here today and you've never had that in your life, if you've never known the closeness of an encounter with Jesus Christ, God wants to have that God incident take place in your life. He wants to interrupt your life and declare his truth to you this morning. And maybe you as a believer today, you've got stuff going on and you think, man, how's God going to deal with this? I'm sure God has other things. Why would he bother with me? But I want to let you know that God's plan is a better plan than you and I have. And he wants to have that close encounter with you. Don't limit the ability of God to change the circumstances and the direction in either your life or in someone else's life in order that he might be able to have that close encounter of a divine kind for his glory and for his honor. Thanks for
for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. David will continue teaching through the Gospel of Luke next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to The Open Word podcast at theopenword.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to theopenword.com and subscribe to The Open Word podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that the open word is a missionary work? It is. We need your support as we share God's word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word. Go to theopenword.com and click on the support option in the main menu. We invite you to join us again for the next study as David shares insights with us from the Gospel of Luke. That's next time on The Open Word. from we-